This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he recognizes great power when advocacy is done at a regional level. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Matt Morrow, President and CEO of the Springfield Area Chamber in Missouri, to learn how the Holman Brothers provided value to his chamber. Holman Brothers provide a great training for our sales team in terms of just outstanding sales techniques, but maybe even more importantly than that, they were able to provide us with a system, a process that was repeatable. And in that, we're able to see very clearly from one month to the next how the how the pipeline is doing, what prospects are in it, what kind of progress we're making, and what we can do to coach people to success. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. When chamber leaders talk about sales training, they tend to describe membership knowledge. Of course, knowing how membership works is important. However, knowing how to sell memberships is essential. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching offers a unique balance of year-round membership sales coaching and mentoring to deliver the support your membership rep needs to consistently produce for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. You're joining us for our 2022 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalist series. And for this episode, I have Allison Gutwein with me. She is the Executive Director of the Zionsville Chamber of Commerce. Allison serves as the Zionsville Chamber of Commerce and Zionsville Rise Foundation as Executive Director in Zionsville, Indiana. With a background in small business development, retention, growth, and attraction, she has dedicated more than two decades of her life to creating and supporting small businesses. Allison was named Businesswoman of the Year in 2009, Business of the Year in 2012, was an ACCE National Event Speaker in 2021, done virtually, a member of of the ICEA Hoosier Leadership Academy class, and her chamber is a five-time Excellence Award winner with the ICEA. Recently, Allison was one of 34 individuals nationwide named to the sixth cohort of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Business Leads Foundation, the preeminent program for workforce development in the United States. Allison and her team have gained more members in the Zionsville Chamber of Commerce in 22 months than the previous decade combined. In that same time period, they grew their social media reach from 250,000 to over 2 million in 2020 and 2.8 million in 2021. They know that visibility is a key element to success as a business and as a chamber. The Zionsville Chamber team was recently named an ACCE Communications Excellence Award winner for digital content in 2022. Allison is a graduate of Indiana University and has earned certificates in leadership and development, grant writing, and chamber management from ACCE. She has served in the capacity of president for the Indiana University Alumni Club, Herman B. Wells Chapter, board member for the Boone County Racial Diversity Coalition, 
board member for the Witham Hospital Foundation, president of Lebanon Vitalization, Inc., and TEDx Zionville organizer. She is the proud wife to Andrew, stepmother of two, mother-in-law of one, and step-grandmother to one. Allison, I'm excited to have you with me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. Congratulations for being selected as a Chamber of the Year finalist. Uh, Why don't you take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber champions and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Well, I don't know who you just read that bio from, but they sound like a pretty cool chick, so I don't have to get to know her. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, nice talking to all of you today. We're excited to be a finalist, incredibly excited to be a finalist for the ACCE. We're in the small size chamber of the year category. Um, We truly are a small chamber here in central Indiana. But we tell everyone we're small but mighty, and we do a lot of things with very few people by being exceptionally efficient. Um, You know, I love to do a lot of things outside of work. One of the cool fun facts about me is that I am a six-time Indiana State Fair floral design grand champion. What random stuff people do. Some people golf, some people (laughs) go out and play tennis. I make wreaths and that's my hobby outside of work so we all have one (laughs) being competitive is in your blood it's in your nature right (laughs) probably more than i like to admit yes (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) well tell us a a little bit more about the zionsville chamber you mentioned you guys are small and mighty but give us an idea of what that size looks like of your staff and budget and scope of Mm -hmm. work that you guys are responsible for So we are just north of Indianapolis, about 20 miles. And if you are looking at um, kind of Indianapolis as the face of a clock, we're at about 10 o'clock. So (laughs) it kind of gives you an idea. And, you know, we are truly a charming small town. Um, Our town looks like it was pulled straight out of a Hallmark movie and is the top tourist destination in our county. Um, We have a lovely main street, Brick Street, that really draws a lot of tourism. So our chamber really has some interesting dynamics because um, that brick main street doesn't have any chain restaurants, doesn't have any chain stores. So we really have the core of our chamber as small business. So our focus for many years has been on what can we do in order to accelerate and advance many excuse me, many of these small businesses in our area um, because we have really no corporate headquarters for um, many businesses. We have a couple kind of on the outskirts of our area, but we really are a small business focused um, chamber and we love that. And, you know, the businesses that are larger understand that this chamber really has this really unique area because of what Zionsville is. Um, It used to be called the village of Zionsville. So it does have that kind of quaint villagey feel. And as it has grown, it really has wanted, you know, the people who've lived here, we've been a chamber for 61 years. We celebrated our diamond Jubilee last year. Um, And people have really wanted to kind of keep that quaintness as it has grown. And um, 
for many years, people have wanted to really make sure that it's different and unique and charming. Um, and that's what one thing that really draws people to us here in central Indiana, but also makes our chamber vastly different than many others. Um, so some of the challenges we experience is as a small town, we're a small chamber doing a lot with what we have as a staff of three. Um, our town really doesn't have any public transportation outside of a Boone County Senior Services, which allows seniors and some other folks to get around. So we have some workforce challenges trying to, you know, and attract people and help retain folks in the service sector. So um, we don't have a lot of workforce housing. So there's some challenges in our area that we experience that I'm sure many of other many other areas in the country do as well. Um, but we've done our best to work through them and find unique and innovative ways in order to overcome those, or at least address them and say, hey, this is a long-term challenge. We know that. What can we do in order to kind of look in the long game? And part of that is we created a foundation for our chamber. And I know many chambers are kind of going to this model and looking to see yeah. how they can utilize a 501c3 arm in conjunction with their traditional chamber. And for us, we just got that paperwork as of last October. So we were really Congratulations. Ex yeah. so excited. Yeah, thanks to be able to do that. But now it's standing that up. What does it mean to address kind of challenges that are long-term and we use a golf reference that the chamber itself is kind of a heads down what's going on today. It's the short game, but the 501c3 is kind of the long game. Yeah. And what are we doing to kind of look at the overall picture of how our community is changing so that we can best utilize our C3 arm, um, which has three tenants. One is environmental stewardship, one is DE&I, and the other is workforce, and workforce initiatives through leadership and development. So what are we doing within our community in order to make sure that not only is our chamber looking to take care of things today, but looking to take care of things tomorrow? Right. Now, that, that definitely gives us a good, a good scope. Um, you know, and for anybody who's read Dave Atkinson's book, Horseshoes Versus Chess, will understand the importance of having that foundation, that C3 arm of your chamber, especially looking forward um, yes. as, as chambers look into the future. Um, so for this, uh, for our discussion today, we're going to focus primarily on the programs that you guys submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. Um so I'm excited to, to get into those programs, learn more about how you guys are making an impact and influencing the community or the village of Zionsville uh, right. as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. 
allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today. For a limited time as a launch promotion, this course is being offered at a 25% discount. Be sure to purchase a course today to lock in your savings before the price goes up, even if you're not ready to start right away. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot. All right, Allison, we are back. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, we'll be highlighting the two programs that you guys submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. Why don't you take us through the two programs just at a high level, and then we'll circle back in a little more detail on each of those. Sure. So our first program was on microeconomic development around small businesses. And what are we doing to really look at our, our membership very holistically and say, what are we doing to develop this group of businesses that are often easily overlooked? So micro businesses, um, as deemed by the SBA, are those with 12 or fewer employees. And many of the businesses that we have in our membership are much smaller even than that. Um, So many of you are probably familiar with kind of the standard of SBA as being 500 or smaller as a small business, which for many people, they look at that and they're like, that's huge. (laughs) Especially in comparison to, you know, many businesses that have zero employees or maybe just one or two. So we've really taken a look at what we can do in our community to attract and retain those businesses, because many of them are startups that grow into something even greater. Um, And we're excited to see how that really works and develops as we do more and more of it. But the programs that we put in place for our little staff of three have done a great job of attracting new members so far. Our home-based business membership level is now our second 
highest category of membership in our in our chamber. And we just started it two years ago. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah, that's that's one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the other program you guys submitted? Sure. The second was focusing on um, a social media and social media series that we started, which was called Working For You. So working for you, we literally went and worked alongside our businesses. And we started this before the pandemic, but we really embraced it and leaned in during 2020 and 2021 as businesses recovered, wanting to show people, this is what these businesses do in our area. So it's not just, you know, maybe I want to work in this area. Well, now they know what this business actually does, or they say, gosh, I could teach a music class or, you know what? I've always been interested in working with equine therapy. I think I could go and volunteer there. So we worked alongside businesses to showcase really what they did and have continued this as a long-term kind of campaign and program in our membership in order to highlight more of our members. But that is one part of our larger social media experience that we have for our members. And we found that that made a lot of sense as a low barrier, especially cost-wise, low barrier entry. And great way to meet people right where they are. You don't have to go out and find a new audience. You don't have to even bring them to your website. A lot of times they'll do that on their own, but if you're reaching them on social media and they're already on TikTok, they're already on Facebook, they're already on Instagram, and you're sharing your information, they're really excited to see that information of faces of their neighbors and friends and business owners that they know how are we doing the best job of getting that information out about our members and making sure that it did its job, which during 2020 and 2021 was give our members visibility. Right. So let's, let's focus a little more on that, on the working for you program, Mm -hmm. dive in a little bit deeper on that. So how do you, as you implement a new program within your existing social media strategy, how did that fit um, as far as content creation, calendar-wise, um, and what platform? You mentioned different platforms, but sure. I'm curious which ones you're on and how you've grown that social media presence. Sure. So many people who are familiar with social media, Facebook's your largest audience. And um, we really took to social media in 2020 whenever we realized folks needed to be seen. They needed to know exactly where, um, you know, and I kind of say there's two, there's two sides to this. There's kind of the forward facing, which are the customers of the businesses. So we were reaching the customers of the businesses. And then there's kind of the backside, which are your chamber members that you're trying to help. And there's often many of our posts, many of our videos were meant to help both, but in different ways, right? You're building loyalty whenever you're going to a business and you're sharing their information whenever you're able to talk about exactly what they do. Um, But all those people in the front side are now seeing it going, oh, how can I interact with that business? So you've kind of got two two pieces to the same pie um, that you have to be able to um, do a good job with your social media having both working hand in hand, right? So whenever we started our working for you series, it was really meant to be, let's go inside businesses that people can't go inside every day. 
Let's mm -hmm. go inside a plant where I pack beans and I have to wear a hairnet. Let's go inside um, Morning Dove equine therapy where I'm mucking stalls and talking about their horses. Then it became, let's go up inside a church that's being remediated for over a thousand bats. And I was standing knee deep in bat guano because no one had known that there had been bats in their attic for almost 40 years oh. until <laughs> the pandemic had caused, you know, people to be out of buildings. And then they were starting to see things because people weren't cleaning the building as often. They were starting right. to see that there were probably rodents around, you know, they're, well, mammals. Flying rodents. Um, yeah, 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 flying rodents. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've got, you've got evidence now, oh, we needed to get this taken care of. So I went up inside a church, beautiful historic structure. They were absolutely fantastic people to let us watch this process, but it helped me showcase a business that most people don't see from the inside out. Most people don't see what it looks like to remediate, you know, slag tights of urine from <laughs> bats. <laughs> so I'm in the midst of this talking about a chamber member and, you know, people want to watch. And yeah. that's what made our Especially chamber. that type of content it just draws right. people in, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Whenever I have a GoPro on and I have a handful of bat guano and I'm like, it looks like glitter because it's all these bug shells yeah. that are shiny. People are like, show me more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's fascinating. And I'm not doing anything that any of my members don't do as a daily part of their business. But what can we do to showcase that? What can we do to say, this might be a career path for you. If you find this interesting, you know, contact these folks for a job or watch our chamber because this is what's happening whenever you need to call these folks. They're doing a good job of being cognizant of when you can even move the bats out because of breeding season. And, you know, they have to make sure that the bats are taken out in a certain way as to not harm them because um, they're a protected species here in Indiana. So you've, you've got all these components that are important that these folks are doing really, really well as a part of their daily job. What can we do to showcase that? And it becomes really interesting social media. Now, not every day am I in muck boots and a, right. you know, a hazmat suit <laughs> and a respirator, but you know, there's so many things that we can show people about our businesses that make interesting content and that content where we really put the member out there as the star of our story becomes why people want to engage, engage with us as a chamber, engage with our members. It really made our chamber kind of rocket to the top of what we could do in social media very, very quickly. And we took that reach with consistent posting, with interesting content, with video use from 250,000 in 2019 to over 2 million in 2020, like you said, and 2.8 million last year. So, you know, it's, it's all about if there's anything that people learn about social media, give people content that they want to see. It doesn't always have to be curated. It doesn't always have to be those rounded corners where it's, you know, perfect. Whenever it goes out, 
it can be just really interesting content. Show people what your members are doing and people engage. Right. And I think that it often gets overthought when you, as for chambers, putting out social media content, especially in the form of video where they feel like it needs to be perfected, Mm -hmm. needs to look right. But, you know, social media gives us so much leniency as far as the content going out there. And really people aren't spending hours on that content necessarily either. They're scrolling through their feed. So if it get if it catches their attention and tells a story of a member or something impactful that you're doing in the community and getting a portion of that attention, then you win, you know, that's, that's the goal. And you don't need to spend all the money and all the time and everything doing all the editing and making it just perfect. Just do it, you know, get started. It'll get better as you go and get more experience, but just get started. Yeah. And we do have a um, video company that we employ to do some of our videos, but we also do a lot of our videos in-house. But, you know, the, the thing is the generations coming up, they see things that are a little too perfect, a little too curated is almost disingenuous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most of what they're seeing on Instagram, it might be a little edited, but it is certainly not content that someone has always gone through a photo editing program. Not always. They just want to see, (laughs) that's right. They always want to see good content. So give your audience good content that they want to see and engage with and they will engage. Yeah. So which platforms are you guys on with social media? So we primarily focus on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, You know, for a chamber of our size, there's always so many directions to be pulled. We have done a few things on TikTok, um, mainly ribbon cuttings, uh, just trying to put something out there on that platform. But Twitter is kind of its own animal in and of itself. It takes so much time to constantly update. We just don't have the bandwidth available currently in order to be able to do that one well. So rather than not doing it well, we would rather step back until we have the chance to really engage more on that platform specifically. So um, we've focused on those three and those three have done a lot for our visibility for our members and for our chamber. That's great. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears a little bit over to the microeconomic development. And this intrigues me. I just, so this may go a little bit off topic, but I just actually posted a a blog post yesterday um, talking about how entrepreneurship tends to attract diversity. So as chambers are after, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, putting attention into that area, um, are we paying attention to the diversity that entrepreneurship brings and provides? So as you focus on these micro businesses, 12 or less, a lot of these are entrepreneurs, people that are putting it all on the line to get started and um, you know, joke about sometimes these entrepreneurs are unemployable, you know, at other places, but they go out and, and hang their own shingle because they need to make a living or maybe they've got a great idea or, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why, but I'd love to learn more about the the approach that you guys are taking to, to help, you know, shine a light on these micro businesses and, and economic development. Well, and that's an area where I think it is, it's very easy to kind of go after some of the larger marbles in in the bag, right? Um, And 
I think a lot of times these small businesses are easy to say, oh gosh, it's, it's a lot of work to deal with them. But we have a lot of programs already in place that we're using to help all of our members that it's really quite easy to mix them in with what we do. We have a few programs that we have developed specifically for them. And that also they're, they're very complementary to the rest of what we're offering to our members. So they made a lot of sense to just kind of bulk up our portfolio overall. So we were really excited whenever we first saw our members starting to come in that we're home-based businesses. So home-based business for us is someone who might work from home. They might have this as a side hustle. They might have a business that's a full-time gig and those go everywhere from financial services to PR to people who are doing jewelry making. So we have a lot of people in this, you know, this sphere that we find um, encompass a lot of different elements that we didn't have as a part of our membership. And you're right, that diversity piece really does allow us to even encourage our membership to diversify pipelines of suppliers through some of the small businesses that we're now attracting because of whom you know, we're now offering services for that maybe they aren't able to find elsewhere. So some of the statistics, um, you know, in the U.S., the SBA in 2021 said there were 32.5 million small businesses in the U.S., which accounts for 99.9% of all businesses. That's a lot. (laughs) That's almost everybody. Um, So again, that's 500 or fewer employees. So that's quite a few businesses that many micro businesses would say, well, they're not small. Well, the SBA, that is their standard. But then 81% of those of that 32.5 million actually have no employees. So, I mean, you're looking at a giant percentage of our small businesses in the U.S., that are exceptionally small. And, you know, the SBA says that micro businesses are 12 or under. So, I mean, that percentage even grows whenever you're taking into account those that do have some employees, but are still 12 or fewer. Um, But small businesses have created 65.1% of the new job growth since 2000. So as we look at sectors of growth and, to your point, what we're going to kind of look at for the, the growth of chambers, what are we doing to make sure that these businesses are a part of our chamber, are talking to our other members, are feeling supported, are being utilized locally for maybe you have a grocery store chain. What are you doing to connect some of those micro businesses with your grocers? What are you doing to connect your brick and mortars with some folks that could be local wholesalers? I mean, now you're talking about all these individual components that come into it. That's more environmentally sustainable than having to ship something halfway across the country. That's more environmentally sustainable to be able to reduce the amount of packaging because they don't have to use packaging in order to potentially deliver something. So there's a lot of pieces that feed into this, that if we're doing a really exceptional job as a chamber to make connections, we're able to help a lot of different aspects of business be 
created. And that's exciting to see and exciting to be a part of. But for us, it also means that we're attracting more people now because we have options and they're seeing, hey, my size of business is being supported. I have a place at that table. And we want to make sure that whenever they come into this area, you know, other people are telling that story for us who are also small businesses, whether they're a tech startup or someone who's, you know, a mom and maybe with a side hustle of making jewelry, who knows what these businesses are going to turn into, but we're going to support them today. So whenever we need to say, hey, we've got maybe a new brick and mortar that is opening. Who's interested in going in? We already have a developed pool of candidates that we have worked with to plug into those openings. So we never really have a gap on our main street, really here in town. Businesses fill those spaces quickly because we have a curated pool of people we've worked with. That's awesome. And I can get fired up on this topic because this is something I'm passionate about is the, the influence and the role that a chamber should have with these small and micro businesses in their community. Mm -hmm. But often what I see is these, you'd mentioned these home-based businesses. Um, you know, it's easy when you see a new business open their doors, you know, they hang a new sign and you can approach them about membership and, you know, let them know about the value proposition of your chamber. How do you go about finding some of these home-based businesses and expressing the value mm -hmm. I, I mean, once you get their attention, it's easy to express the value of the chamber, but how do you get their sure. attention initially? To be very fair, a lot of them find us and that goes back to our social media reach. Yep. Whenever we have a social media reach where people are seeing that we're sharing information about members, that our members are visible, that what we're doing as a chamber for those members is visible, they find us. So yes, have we gone out and actively sought out some businesses? Most certainly. Are we finding just as many businesses that are finding us? Yes. So one of the ways that we actually connect many of our home-based businesses is through something called microgroups. So think of it as a distillation of our membership down into individual components where um, if you are a real estate agent, you're going to have different needs, different concerns than those that own a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing in order to address those needs more directly and more specifically? And we have a home-based business microgroup. So peers can really share information, share tricks that they have learned in order to make their business more visible and, and encourage one another through what has worked for them, we actually learn a lot from these microgroups because they're able to really say, okay, this is what's going on in our area. What can you do to support us here? And we're like, man, we wouldn't have known that had we not listened to our microgroup, listened to our members. So these meetings go on in these individual kind of little groups once a quarter. Um, for us, they're really, not only are they the facilitation of peer-to-peer -peer communication, they give us ideas for programming for the future. And that is really important for member loyalty and member retention. Yeah. So this next question, I think you've addressed it throughout our discussion, but I'll, I'll ask it formally and maybe have you put it in a nutshell for us, a little <laughs> summary, but how do you see the role of the Zionsville Chamber there within your community? 
Sure. So we really are a conduit of information and a facilitator for visibility. So for many of our members, we are not only the source of information on how to be able to grow a business, but how do you make your, your business seen and heard once it's up and running? Or once you're getting it there, what do you do in order to create that kind of solid foundation for business creation of any size? So we truly are meeting with members that run the gambit of large national corporations that are interested in coming into the area to someone who they are a sole proprietor. And that's exciting to see that we're, we as a small chamber are able to facilitate both of those conversations effectively in order to make our membership robust and unique. That's awesome. So, and, and I think that shows with, uh, as you've been going through these programs on your application of, of that, um, that role that you guys have in your community. But I like asking everyone that I have on the show um, for any tips or strategies that you might have for a chamber champion listening who would like to take their chamber up to the next level. What would you suggest? If you haven't yet embraced the small businesses in your community and those micro businesses, do it. Make sure that those those businesses feel as though they have as much place at the chamber table as any of the other larger businesses. And as time goes on, you're going to find that those people are some of your loudest voices supporting your chamber because they feel included. They feel like they have a part of something larger than maybe they have ever felt that they've had a part of in the past. And I think gone are the days of, you know, chambers just focusing on, on large businesses. We have to make sure that if entrepreneurs are truly bringing 65.1% of the growth since 2000, what are we doing to be the voice to help them have a louder voice? We're the megaphone. We're the people who are providing that information. And if we're doing it well, those folks are going to turn around and be our champions too. Uh, yes, that's what I was going to come back to is oftentimes those large businesses are maybe what, you know, funds a chamber in a lot of ways, yes. <clears throat> but by being able to focus on those small and micro businesses, those are the ones that, it's kind of a paradox, right? Because they yes. tend to be the ones that need the most from the chamber, but can afford to pay the least in as far as their right. membership levels go. But as they see that impact that you can have on their business, they become some of your biggest advocates and best word of mouth and testimonials, you know, throughout the community to attract more business onto the, the mission of your chamber. So you're absolutely love that correct. <laughs> <laughs> so Allison, how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward? Sure. I think for a lot of folks, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting time where they see um, kind of gone are the days of many people becoming joiners, right? Everyone joining a chamber because it was just something you did for the community. You have to show value. You have to show that there's something there as a real interest to their business. Everyone's busy. And if you can show that there's something in your chamber that is going to be worth their time and their money, you're going to be some, a group 
that people still want to work with. Chambers are vitally important to being liaisons for advocacy and, you know, information as a whole. But people are saying, well, I can find that elsewhere. Not in the same way that you can through a chamber, not in the way that you can through networking with your peers, not in the same way that we can help facilitate. And if we can show that value and long-term legacy of, hey, there's real power in having a singular voice whenever you're trying to advocate for something that will help our members, that and telling that story how do we tell that story going forward? Many of, you know, our local newspaper that served just our area closed down during the pandemic. So that goes back to what are we, where are we reaching our audience? And if that's on social media, are we telling our story effectively for our members and for our chamber in order to make sure that people are seeing us as a place of value? Yeah, I like that. I actually, I've, I'd like to help chambers get started with their own podcast. And one of the things I'll ask is what void in your community could your podcast fill? So when you talk about local newspapers, you know, shutting down or, or drastically cutting back, you know, there's voids all over the community as far as storytelling and information sharing goes, whether you're addressing that through social media or through my, my choice of, of platforms of a podcast, but um, sure. there, there's ways to reach members in your community and fill those voids. And, and you're absolutely right that gone are the days of just people joining. You need to show the value and, and a reason to be a part of your chamber. So I appreciate that. But Allison, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information with the listeners sure. that may want to reach out and connect and learn more about how you're doing things in Zionsville and and uh, to be coached on how to get their social media up over 2 million. <laughs> what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect? <laughs> I'm always happy to help because, um, in fact, we have something coming up soon called Social Media Summer School. And, um, <laughs> you know, we've been encouraging even our peer chambers to come join us. We want to help. Um, we've been able to have amazing amounts of success for a very small chamber. We have 500 members. Um, you know, we, we have a small budget. In fact, I'm sure, I am sure our full budget is smaller than some of the marketing budgets for our large chambers in, in the U.S. And that's kind of nuts. Um, you know, we, we can show, we have data to show that we outpace chambers that are many times our size And that's truly through our visibility, consistency, and what we post. People want to see interesting content. That's something that we can show people how to do. So please reach out to me. Um, My phone number is 317-873-3836, or you can reach out to me through my email, agutwein, A-G-U-T-W-E-I-N, at zinesvillechamber.org. You can also find us on, please follow us on social media, right? <laughs> social media, that's right. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and um, Instagram. So Facebook is Zville Chamber and the rest are Zinesville Chamber. So we would love to have you follow our content and ask any questions. Sometimes you may say, well, why did you post that? Or, um, tell me why you're posting two or three times in one day. Well, I'll give you an answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I appreciate you being generous with the uh, fielding those questions as well. Happy to do it. 
I'll, I'll get your contact information in our show notes for this episode, and I'll link to the, your social media pages as well, so everybody can Perfect. hop on and follow and and take these tutorials from what the Zionsville <laughs> Chamber is doing with their social media accounts. So I was going to say they're is, also on ACCE's website too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you joining us today on Chamber Chat Podcast, and you provided a lot of value and great example as you guys are, are chosen as a, a Chamber of the Year finalist, Thanks. Are, are setting the bar and, and doing great work. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of that with us. Thank you so much for having us today. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees. And Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.